Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment, visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You will find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now let's get into what we're going to cover today. Hi, my name is Adam Homie, and I am your host and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest yourself today. Today's guest is someone I've wanted to have on our show for a long time. And with his touring schedule, with his speaking and his training and everything that's come up since the recent release of his new book, we've had to really kind of work with him logistically to get him here. But I'm thrilled we we're finally able to get him booked to spend a few moments and share with you today. So get a pad of paper and two pens ready. That's a success tactic. You can take it home with you to capture those aha moments that will naturally arise as you enjoy what we share with you today. The reason I say two pens is because just when you're writing, one of them might run out of ink or break, and then you lose the moment. Or if you, like me, have your cats supervising your office, I <laughs> grab your pen with their teeth and scamper off just when you need it, and you don't want to miss out by getting up to go chase the kitty and get your pen back. Today, we are going to cover the power of language. Those of you who are familiar with my book, Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy, know that I, in, the, in the end chapter, we give about a dozen principles around how you can make slight changes to your language you can make a big difference what is very unique and very special about today's episode is we are going to be speaking directly with the person who gave me the mindset to develop some of that stuff and who taught me some of that stuff so this is like you are going to the source of the spring you're going to the genesis of the well wow you're going to cover subtle words that sell how to get your prospects to convince themselves to buy and add top dollars to your bottom line and to guide us through that i have here with us today paul ross who is the author of Subtle Words of Sell, known as speaker Paul Ross, author, trainer, speaker. He's an inspiring individual. Let me just tell you a little bit about him. Paul Ross is an author, speaker, trainer, I just said that, master hypnotist and master practitioner of neurolinguistic programming. For the past 30 years, he's taught tens of thousands of people the power of language to persuade, sell, heal, turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones and pain into passion. Paul's speeches and trainings have motivated audiences around the world to discover their power, to design their own results. And I think our listeners have heard that Paul is really just looking to dive in Paul Ross, come on in. The weather's fine. Well, thank you, Adam. And as you know, I am also an, a, a cat lover. My big girl, Mrs. Pernilla Jones, is in my lap. And the other little kitten, Neca Jane, is hovering nearby waiting to get attacked by Pernilla. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, Princess Alessandra and Princess Stella, who tend to hover around me when we do episodes of Business Creators Radio. Uh, they get along most of the time. They cuddle together. They groom each other. They play together. They chase toys together. They do all that stuff. But once in a while, Sandra will attempt to assert her dominance over Stella by biting her on the back of the neck. And then she 
forgets that Stella is the kind of fierce kitty that was found along the side of the road as a kitten with her hip out of place and had to drag herself across the floor uh, uh, four paws just to get ahead and healed herself without well, going to a vet. Cool. Let's dive into the topic. I'm sure your listeners don't want to hear more about cats. Before our listeners love to hear cats, but by now, some of our listeners are probably leaning in, opening separate browser tabs and binging the Yahoo out of the Googles to discover more about Paul Ross. That's obviously spelled P-A-U-L-R-O-S-S. You're welcome. And their website, and his website, rather, which is speakerpaulross.com. Again, you're okay. welcome. Paul here has listened to many episodes of the Business Creators Radio Show and knows exactly how we do this. So right now, before we get into these many, 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 many amazing insights you're about to share, what I want to do is just take a moment and step back and have you tell us in your own words a little bit more about your journey and what's brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and making a difference for your community, market, and audience. Did you do that in one breath? That's a mouthful. Damn right. So I got <laughs> I come to this from quite an unusual and outside the box, off the wall, color outside the lines kind of history. I started out my career as an influencer and persuader and a business person, as a dating coach. I was someone who could not get a date in a woman's prison with a fistful of pardons. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard someone say, I like that, that way of putting it. And so... I stumbled onto neurolinguistic programming, which very briefly is the study of how language structures consciousness, shapes decisions, and drives behavior. That's one definition. It's also a study of human excellence. So NLP's claim, and I think reality, is excellence has a structure to it, that if you know how to map it out, you can break out what it is people who do things well do, and then you can copy that for yourself to some degree no one's going to say that you can play piano like mozart but you can bring out the musician that's there inside of yourself in any case i thought hey let's try nlp and sure enough it worked and i learned to get over my shyness and sell myself because everything in a sense in life is a sale and that part of my life pretty much got fixed i thought hey let's write a book about this. So I wrote a book. I won't tell what the title is. It will offend your listeners. Um, And then I thought, you know what? This stuff could work for selling. And sure enough, I began teaching about that. My clients would come back to me and say, thank you for what you taught me. I've met my wife. There's pictures of my kids. But now I'm using it in my sales career. So over the past, I would say since 2006, I've been experimenting and developing different methods, different courses, and Subtle Words itself really represents the culmination of, up until now, everything I know. I've since grown past that. I published the first edition of Subtle Words itself about a year and a half ago. We updated it a couple of months ago, and now I've created a full-blown course that takes it step even further down the road so that's basically my history and i have a view of selling that's again completely off the wall my definitions of it which i'd like to give now or would you like to ask me what my definition let's let's start with those definitions and then just roll right ahead it sounds like you're transitioning very neatly into where we were going anyway let's just keep going there's certain definitions i have and again this is only my map it's not true with a capital t everything i say is just a map So my first definition is selling 
equals service times suggestion. You have to be in service towards your prospects, potential customers, and even clients. And yet at the same time, you have to use suggestion to guide them along the pathway of making the sale. That's the first one. Second thing is you're never selling your product or service, ever. You're always selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. Notice that second bit, good feelings about decisions. I say that because you can make a sale, but if the prospect looks back and doesn't feel good about it, then what are you going to get? A refund request at minimum. And, and a worse, bad review. You'll get a BR times BR, buyer's remorse and bad review. And if you really suck, it'll be on Yelp. We live in a generation where you can't get away with, uh, with selling shoddy, a shoddy bill of goods. And the third one I believe is that selling is not about getting your ideas inside someone's mind. It's about expanding their mind to include your ideas. The idea of selling being about expanding consciousness is a very revolutionary out there map and paradigm, but I really do think it's true. I agree with all that. Now you gave a lot of interesting insights just in your definition and in your overview of subtle words of sell here. And I have a number of questions that either derive directly from what you just said or that come from other areas of the curriculum. The first thing that I wanted to get into a little bit is I've heard you for years describe what's known as childlike enthusiasm and how that inspires people to take the actions you want them to take. So how do you activate and awaken that childlike side of your prospect's mind that wants to believe and to be led? Well, it's not necessarily childlike enthusiasm. It's okay. A, well, it's, a, it's close. It's a, it's a willingness to suspend disbelief. We, as humans, learn as children to suspend disbelief. When you go to the movies, for example, you have to pretend that there aren't people around you. You have to sort of learn to cognitively and imaginatively ignore the walls around the theater to get into the mindset that you're not looking at a screen. So embedded inside of every human is this ability to suspend disbelief. And we, can, of course, can't get them all the way there and ethically wouldn't, but we can begin to chip, chip away at cynicism. Not necessarily skepticism, although skepticism can be chipped away at as well. There's some techniques to do that. And one of the techniques to create a sense that someone is being led by a trusted leader is what I call implied relationship words. Let me give you an example. A typical presentation would go, before I present this material to you, I want to encourage you to ask whatever questions come up. Boring. Well, it's not so boring, <laughs> but it's you, get my, you get my drift. It's something that you're doing to the other person rather than ah. with them. So I put in implied relationship where it's like we together explore, discover, share, promise. So I would put it this way. Before we begin exploring this together, I just want to ask one promise. Will you promise me you'll share the questions that naturally arise when a great decision is going to be made? Now, these implied relationship words 
share together, we, again, they imply that we're on the same side of the table. They imply a trusted relationship with a leader who is worthy of being followed. So within the first sentence, you can create tremendous rapport and trust. This is half the equation. This is getting you half the way towards the sale. Wow, that's pretty good. So what we also have is this process that you've described of establishing yourself as a trusted expert authority and guide in your prospect's mind in the first five minutes of conversation. It's important to do that early on, but what else do we need to know about that? Well, here's what I'll say. Your prospects don't come to you with a, as blank slates, and they certainly don't come to you willing to believe. Your prospects come to you with doubts about what they can have for themselves, doubts about what they deserve, internal complex, all sorts of problems. And your prospects, most importantly, have two big barriers to buying. Nowadays, your biggest barrier to making the sale, I think this is just one way of looking at it, again, this is just the map, is not your competition. It is the fact that your buyer is usually probably going to be checked out to some degree. People, one of my mentors said, people have the attention span of a goldfish. <laughs> yeah. Back when I was a young man in the good old days, we had dial phones. I don't know if you can remember phones where you actually picked up and dialed them. I think there's a video on YouTube of some teenagers being given a dial phone and they're asked to go ahead and make a call and they can't figure it out. They have five minutes to figure out how to make a call and they can't figure it out. Nowadays, we have all sorts of distractions. We have YouTube, we have instant messenger, we have text messenger, we have Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, Tinder. Oh, oops, not that I know anything about Tinder. Right. And so people just come and they don't have the attention span. So you have to create those states of focus. The other thing, there's a big paradox going on. I call it the dumbed down, wisened up paradox. And that's to say that and wherever there's paradox, there's power because it means there's a new way of viewing the world that's about to break through. Here's what I mean. Your prospects on the one hand are dumbed down. I don't mean they're necessarily stupid, but they've been bombarded with advertisements and their attention spans have been whittled away. And their ability to think for themselves has been whittled away. On the other hand, they're wisened up. What does that mean? Well, it means they've seen all the same stale closes, the yes ladders, the tag questions. The selling is important, uh, is it not, Adam? I would they, say so. Yeah, but the tag, <laughs> the tag lines, They've seen the same old stuff. They're much more sophisticated to sales tactics. And at the same time, they're also dumbed down. So <laughs> you have a paradox there that you have to learn to deal with. Right, right. I think it's fascinating to get into these areas where language, mindset, and influence come together. This is an area that I began becoming aware of and studying almost 15 years ago, thanks in large part to you, actually. And the power that I've discovered over the years to make slight changes that make that lead to big differences, big changes in your results, is something that I don't think you could possibly overestimate. It is like a superpower. 
yeah, and I think if you start making small changes over time, they begin to become big changes. I think when it comes to personal change, one of the errors that people make is they expect massive results right away. Now that can happen. I've done, you've seen me do some neurolinguistic change work with people where they're within half an hour of working with me, their lives are profoundly right. changed. That is not typical. That's not typically the way it works. Although I've seen some pretty amazing changes within three weeks of consistently applying certain techniques. I've seen some really amazing changes. Yeah. The power of change work, regardless of how many different iterations of the iPhone and how many different companies get into the Android market and all the things they can do with laptops. I mean, at this point, they've developed a laptop that can project the keyboard onto a flat surface and you can have a keyboard literally anywhere without having to carry it. No matter what they do with computing, I don't see that they're ever going to develop a computer more powerful than the one that humans come with between their ears when they jump out of the womb. I don't know that that's true. They're working on quantum computers that can do some pretty amazing stuff that humans can't do. So I think computers, and this is a sidetrack, but there's some forms of AI that can do some things that humans can't. But let's get, uh, I want to give an illustration of something that personally Please. has worked for me. Please. So since October 30th, I've had a excruciatingly difficult few months. I had my kitty cat, you know, we're both cat lovers. Yes. After our children. And you met one of my cats, Tazberry. Taz passed on after me having her as my baby child for 18 years. That was yeah. a devastating blow to me. Just devastating. I said goodbye to a friend who was like a brother of mine for 25 years. He was just bringing too much negativity in my life. So I lost that friendship. Yeah. Um, and then I lost someone who had been like uh, I'm my personal trainer who helped me drop 25 pounds. I've never met anyone who loved me and encouraged me and also held me to task like her. I lost her. It was just right. devastating. And one day I was just laying in bed and it took me like 45 minutes to get up every morning. It hurt so badly. And I heard a voice in my head say, what are you willing to surrender? So I started listing them. I surrender my right to despair. And then it said, what are you going to embrace? And I said, I surrender my right to despair. I embrace my joy, my appreciation for what I've had and my vision for my future. And I just went down the list of what I was surrendering the right to and what I was embracing. And that's been a great help to me. I've slipped a little bit because I haven't applied it for a couple of days. I'm going to go back to applying it. But just little things like that can turn things around tremendously. I think that any, my belief is that anything that happens to me sooner or later will make me a better teacher, which is my goal in life. My goal in life is not to be super wealthy or the best looking guy in town because those that second one i think neither one of those is in the cards and certainly not the second one but my goal is to be the best teacher that uh that anyone can encounter i think you know from my track record that's what my clients and students say I got to I got to reveal one of the secrets of Groundhog Day is an event not a business strategy right now somewhere within the course of that book I can't remember what page it's on and just like I know you have students who come to you uh, your influence and persuasion teachings and they say uh, Paul on on uh, day one 
uh, minute 42, uh, you said this. What does that mean? Uh, so it's the same way with me and my book. I can't remember exactly what page it's on, but I remember I remember that I tell the story. I think it's in the minimalism, minimalism section, which is the G section of the book. I think it's the beginning of that. But anyway, I, I relay the story that I was working with, uh, with, a, with a coach of mine uh, who was helping me through a communications issue that I was having with somebody and helping me come up with scripting to get through sort of a block and get closer to my results. And you gave me, I'm going to confess, this was you that showed me how to do this. It's in the book. I don't say who in the book, but I'm telling people now it was you. And you gave me a word for word script that I was writing down and I used it with this person and it had enormous effect. Now, going back to when you just had given me that script, you then paused and said, I just made that up on the fly. Wow. Damn, I'm good. <laughs> and I make the point in that book that as teachers, as coaches, as guides, we often do our best work when we are responding to real questions, real situations, real opportunities yeah, I agree. in real time. And that was one of the epiphanies of the year was having that experience with you. I just wanted to share that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So the next piece, and this is what I think a lot of folks get into sales training because they want to solve, is this whole thing about objection amnesia. So how do you define that, and what do we do about it? Because I think that's a big reason why people are tuning in today, actually. <laughs> what, objection amnesia? Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. I mean, they, 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 well, jump into this, they jump into this training because they want to learn how to overcome objections. So yeah. I'm actually sort of leaping yeah. right into well, it objection, and bring up objection amnesia. Go ahead. Objection amnesia is really another way of saying pattern interrupts. Humans behave and act and think according to fixed patterns of response. When you know how to interrupt those patterns, you create a window of suggestibility. And when they're sufficiently suggestible, you can get them to forget the objection or to reframe it. One of my favorite ones, for example, is counterexamples. Counterexamples are an easy way to create objection amnesia. I'll give you an example. A common objection is I need more time to think it over. Now, yep. usually that's a smokescreen. That's not usually true. It's almost never about the time. But you can't say that. You can't say, come on, it's not about the time. What's the real issue? Because very few people are going to put up with that. So let's role play. You tell me I need more time to think it over. You know, uh, this whole subtle... This whole subtle selling thing you propose to be, Paul, is interesting, but I, I need more time to think this through before I make a decision. Have you ever taken a long time to think something over and it still turned out to be the wrong decision? Yep. Maybe it's not about time, but about the clarity you need to discover this really is something to move forward with. So thinking about it just like that, what steps can we take to help you recognize and clarify just exactly what it is, is you need to feel good moving forward today? So I'm so reframing it that the objection sort of disappears. They can't even get back to thinking about it in that way. Correct. And I put myself into the role play with you and I was getting hold on, ready. Hold on. Okay. Someone is trapped. Hold on. I'm so sorry. Uh-oh. This is this is what this is some of the joy you get when you tune into Business Creators Radio is uh, is 
we had a funny story once, and I love to tell this to our listeners. I'm so sorry. I'm so, one, so of your, one, of your, one of your cats got trapped. I was yeah. just telling our listeners a story. There was a time we interviewed somebody who was dialing in from the rainforest of Columbia. And then there was another time when we were interviewing somebody who was at an airport hangar. I believe it was in Tel Aviv. And they, while we were speaking on the telephone, you could hear Israeli Air Force jets <laughs> right over him. So you like, having to take 10 seconds to get your cat unstuck is, is just another one of those fun things. And that's why we have sort of the freewheeling from the field feel to the show rather than it being so formal and we're in our studios with our perfect media poses and everything because it allows us to be real and to get some of this stuff out. She's such a stupid animal. <laughs> As I was just getting ready to say, yeah. When I went into that role play, you are right. I actually found myself unable to think of a response to the I need more time thing. Because right. I was thinking of a response because I thought you were going to keep going with me. And I was thinking, okay, so what would, what would part of the problem be? It's like, oh, well, you're asking for $20,000 to come in and do this training. And that might not be in our budget till the end of the quarter. So what you, I think I hear you saying is you're not worth this investment? Oh, I think we're worth this investment. We take our brand and our business very seriously, and we take the training and education we deliver to folks very seriously to grow our business. I'm just saying it's a fact. We're in the process of signing a $10 million deal. Once we sign that, we're going to have a new release of cash flow, and we'll easily be able to afford this then, but right now it's a little tight. Okay. Well, Let's break that down and see a way where we could make it work. Um, $10 million. In, did you say $10 million deal? Yeah, $10 million deal. Wow, $10 million deal. So what's 20000 compared to $10 million? That's a ratio of what? Um, 500 to 1? Something How did, like are, that. Are you absolutely certain that you're going to get this deal? We're already at the point where the attorneys have drawn up the documents and we're just reconciling our version versus their version. We're extremely confident this is going to happen any, I don't want to say every day, any day, but possibly by the end of the month. I'm sorry, she's trapped again. I'm going to uh -oh. walk her out of the room. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. I don't know what to do. She's trapped again. Oh, that poor uh, kitty. <laughs> bye. Hold on. For our listeners, uh, Princess Alessandra and Princess Stella sometimes get trapped in closets and things like that, and they will wait for a while, then begin meowing just so they can lay an additional guilt trip on top of me. So, frankly, sorry. I'm sorry. Frankly, with something like that, I would just calendar it for a follow-up. That's what yeah. I would Okay. Yeah. But, and what you've also illustrated is another principle where sometimes you need to slow down the sale a little bit. Right. There right. are some folks out there who would try and say, well, what's the exact script that I need to make this happen? And sometimes there is no magic in the exact words, but there's a magic no. in the process. So what you would be doing in that case is just setting the frame of, wow, it may be a legitimate case that they are just waiting for this deal to come through until then they may be having some issues making payroll or whatever, but let them get this done, and I can speak with them in a month. So you're thinking, right. I, have other, I have other things on the frying pan right, right now that I might be able to address sooner. Exactly. Let's push them out 30 days and give them a chance to close their deal. 
I might even do some future projection. I'd say, hey, I understand that must be very exciting to you. At some point after that's been closed, and I'm not sure exactly when, you might stop and find yourself thinking, okay, now I'm ready to move forward. And you'll look forward to having that follow-up call with me. Does that sound good? I'll yes. Say, yes. So what you're doing is having them imagine a future where they're looking forward to the call that you're going to make to them. You're sort of skipping over that interim period in the on the unconscious level of their mind. I love how you phrase that, and there's a word I want to pull out because I know that you teach this in your course, and I know that I use something similar in one of my courses. Words like stop and pause. Yeah. There's some there's there's a power behind those words. If you could tell us a little bit more about that, I want to pull that out real quick because I think our listeners need to know this. Stop creates a mind stutter. It creates it literally stops somebody's chain of thinking. So if you say something to me, and I say I understand it, and I'm not sure what point you might stop, and it literally is a command to the unconscious mind to stop the way of thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow she got in the door. I don't know how she did it. Oh, I, I, all of our listeners know that <laughs> Princess Alessandra and Princess it. Stella run my show. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sorry. she somehow got the door open. Yeah, I, I, I've seen cats before that had the power to turn. I'm so knocks. sorry. This is the most unprofessional interview. No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's funny. This to, stuff is funny. Go ahead. No, I want to explain to the listeners. I could lock her out of my office, but if I do that, the howling you would hear would drown out my voice. Right. I'm sorry. So what we're doing is we're creating a future pace. And when you say stop, you're literally giving a command to the unconscious mind of the receiver of that to stop that train of thought and become open to the train of thought you're going to put in. Right. Yeah. And, that, and you noticed how when you said the word stop, you put a pause right after it. Yes, I did. Yeah. This stuff is so much, so much fun. It's like you almost laugh to yourself at how easy and fun it is. That's not why I'm laughing. Oh, I got you. I got you. It's because of what your cat's doing. So what we'd like to do now, if we can, is transition into a major issue that I think people who want to get into sales encounter, which is mindset. And there are a lot of teachings about mindset out there, teachings about mindset, teachings about confidence, teachings about, well, you just got to get in there and you got to make those calls. Now, do things like that possibly get in the way of achieving success? I think they can work. But what happens is people tend to use the wrong metaphors. For example, they say, I've got to make these cold calls. Now, first and foremost, is it literally cold? Is the temperature literally minus 10 degrees? Is your prospect of the person you're calling literally freezing? It implies there's a sheet of ice between you. It's just the wrong metaphor. My metaphor is opportunity outreach. Hey, I get to, I'm blessed to, I'm choosing to make my opportunity outreaches today. An opportunity outreach is a lot better. It sounds like a bit of a semantic 
twist, and it is a semantic twist. It's a neurosemantic twist. It's really quite powerful. Yeah. Opportunity outreach implies that you're offering something of value. Cold call means you're sort of handing, putting your hand out electronically and begging for a sale, begging for change. And then also notice the difference saying, I got to make these calls or I'm going to make these calls as opposed to I'm choosing to make my calls. So choice is what I call a, a <laughs> so, so, I don't know what she's staring up in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my mind, my mind choose what I call ownership words. Yeah. Taking ownership of the activity. It's yours. When you say the call or these calls, you're putting it at a distance. Right. Does that make sense? Makes dollars and cents. That's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Now, what are you share through your book, Subtle Words of Sell, through your program, Secrets of Subtle Sales Mastery, and some of your speaking and presentations, you share some of what you like to call secrets that can e instantly destroy some of these limiting beliefs and replace them with a new frame of powerful and astounding confidence. And I believe that what you just shared may have been one of them, but what That's are right. some other things that can get people to move past the uh, factor of selling? I think they need to reframe what selling is first and foremost. If you can say that selling is a process of both being in service and being crafty, it's okay yeah. to be crafty and planned out in the service of yourself and the other party. So I think that's the first thing. The second thing is to get the hell out of your own way. A lot of the times people will make statements like, well, I'm, I always fail when it comes to selling or I just can't be motivated or I just don't know how to do the follow-throughs. So I always blow it with big money clients. So I teach a three-letter phrase. I don't want to give away everything that's in the course or and or book, whatever they are now choosing to look into it. There's no way. There's no way you could. I mean, it would take us a day to describe either one of those. I, I, so this so. it's a three-letter phrase. Up until now, yes. Up until now. I couldn't close the big money clients, and now I choose my learning of my skills to close my big money clients. Now we add in an adverb. Now I joyously choose to powerfully claim my amazing skills to rapidly close my big money clients. By the way, there are no big money clients. There are only better opportunities to serve. That's say that again. There's no there such are no thing big as a big money, money client. Yeah. There is no such thing as a big money client. There's only better opportunities to serve. So we don't have whales that we're trying to hook? You can think of it that way. Uh, you don't by the way, you don't hook a whale, you harpoon them. Yeah. So the metaphor is not is not accurate. I hear that phrase all the time in sales training, hook the whale. Okay. Yeah. So the point being is they don't, you're saying you're not even getting the metaphor right. No, they're not getting the metaphor right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is this is good stuff here. Um, you have also, in some of your work, explained the power of 
confusing people, uh, or, or as you call it, I, I said the word phrase confusing people, because that is something that listeners consciously, they're used to that phrase. But I say that on purpose, because I want to transition into what you actually share, which is the, the art of confusion or being artfully confusing. And this is one of the underpinnings of what we see when it comes to influence and sales. So I phrased it that way, which was clunky on purpose so that you could describe what it actually is. Yes, it's also known as being grammatically incorrect. Yes. So if I said to you, as you're listening to me speak, I'm not sure which way you could stop. And I, as I, you're listening to me speak, I just want to say that I'm not sure how I might convince yourself that this is something you really want to do. So I'm making a shift from I to you. I, as you're listening to me speak, I'm not sure in which way, in what ways I can convince yourself. I'm switching from I to you. I call it the IU shift. Yes. In NLP, they call it a switched referential index. So you can't tell to whom the sentence is applied. Is it applied to you? Is it applied to the listener? Is it applied to both? And it creates a confusion. Plus convince yourself is what I call a transphrase. What does it mean to convince yourself or to find yourself doing something? It means that it's happening on the unconscious level. So there's both no need to resist and no possibility of resistance. And there's no need to try or make an effort. It's just going to arise and happen all on its own. Yeah, I want to pull out the IU shift. And the way I understand it is you're using the power of language to activate for themselves their own power to do something. Right. So I don't know the ways in which I can convince yourself. So within that one sentence, you're starting with you and then you're shifting it over. And now they're asking themselves, well, how do I convince myself? And you may also be activating a command for them to convince themselves at a subconscious level. It's only the second one. They're not consciously oh. asking themselves how to do it. It's all happening okay. on the unconscious level. Yeah. So there's two tracks here. One track is you're giving the facts, data, and figures. The other is you're guiding their unconscious mind on how to receive them. So it's sort of like two tracks. Yeah. It's actually three tracks because the third track is keeping watch and control of your own state of mind. If you go into something with the state of mind that I've got to make this sale, I've got to get this person to buy from me, I need the money, then you're not really conveying the vibe and you're not paying attention outwardly. You're in your internal dialogue your attention is fixed on the inside rather than being outwardly focused and you're calm in your body. And with a relatively, I'm going to say this again, with a relatively quiet mind. So the yeah. internal chatter is not going crazy. How do we create a quiet uh, oh, the, the How do we create that quiet mind? Simple meditation practice will do it. But also if you put, this is going to sound, out there, but I don't care. Put 20% of your attention on the feeling of your feet on the ground, pushing up against the ground. And for some reason, that calms the mind. I'm not sure exactly what the scientific explanation for it is, if, even if there is a scientific explanation. But if you do that, your mind will calm. 
Yeah. I've also known for years, this was taught to me almost 20 years ago, that another way to calm your mind is to hold your breath for 15 seconds. I found that's not what works. If you inhale for four, hold for two, and exhale for six, that okay. works. So it's still, calm, it's still 15 seconds, but you're taking three separate actions within it. Oh, that's right. I didn't do the math. No, yeah. it's in, inhale four, four, hold two, that's six, uh, it's 12 seconds. Okay, pretty close. Pretty close. By the way, both of my girls have calmed down now. Yeah, I I love that with especially my cats as well. They will chase a, themselves around the entire place here. It sounds like a gallop as they're running back and forth. And then next thing you know, they're sitting right over here next to me, and they're curled up in the yin yang pattern with each other. I just I I have always been fascinated by how cats can go through those changes so quickly. One minute they're literally, I mean literally, trying to climb the walls, and then the next second they're fast asleep. Wish I had that, I wish I had that superpower myself. I don't know. Yeah, here's another area that folks look for when it comes to sales training, which is how to create rapport. I know that you have a huge curriculum on rapport. If you could tell us just a little bit about how to define that term yes. and rapport, how to use it. Yes, let's define our terms. I've heard rapport is about getting the person to like you, about all these other things. To me, rapport is a channel of unconscious trust. On the unconscious level, the person trusts you. That's yeah. what it, Imagine the, uh, as a metaphor, two pieces of conductive current. We're going to conduct electricity. We have two conductive mediums. One is gold foil, one is cardboard. Which one is going to conduct the electricity? And it's not a trick question. The gold foil. Exactly, the gold foil. So the prospect state of mind is, uh, and your state of mind are going to be the conductive medium. So you have to engineer it so you're in the right state of mind. Does that yeah. make sense? Makes dollars and cents. That's great. So we're getting toward the end of our time here together. And what I want to do is I want our listeners to have a framework for how they can approach subtle words of sell or embrace the secrets of subtle sales mastery or whatever they choose to embrace the power of influence and persuasion to increase their sales and grow their business. So what if, if you could, if this may sound sort of like a recap, because we've covered a lot of different topics. I'd like to bring this together. What are the basic no, going Get off the keyboard. Selling? Get off the keyboard. Your Holy hell. Get off the keyboard? Oh, is, that, so, is, that one of the, is that one of the tactics so you're telling sorry. people to get off the keyboard? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She, she was on the keyboard. <laughs> yep. Uh, Princess Alessandra somehow knows what key I'm to sorry. press. This, this, is, this is everything. really ruining it. I'm really... If, I, I apologize to the audience, but I can't do anything about it. Well, see, this is one of the joys of being a business creator, that you can create a lifestyle for yourself where you get to hang out with your cats all day. And I don't do that many video live streams, but when I do do a video live stream, folks will notice that especially Princess Alessandra, she's the one that does it more than the others, will pace right in front of my camera. And I don't try and stop her. She's a supervisor here, and she is therefore welcome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What's your question? All right. 
can you walk us through the basic building blocks of subtle selling? Because we've covered a lot of different areas here today, and I want to kind of bring this all together and give our listeners a framework for when they move forward with this. The basic building blocks. Yes. You're talking about suggestions and commands and presuppositions, correct? Sure, those sorts of things, yes. Yeah, so suggestions and commands take the form of telling people something to think, something to feel, and then an action to take. So one example would be if I wanted someone to, if I wanted someone to sign a contract, I wouldn't say sign the contract. I would say as we're speaking together, I'm not sure in which ways you might find yourself recognizing that this is a good step to move forward. So so find yourself recognizing is a command to go inside and picture themselves doing the activity. I'm not sure at which point you might find yourself recognizing that now is a now is a, now is a good time to move forward. Now is a good time to move forward would be a suggestion. Right. You understand? So you're putting yes. together find yourself recognizing which is a command now is the time now is the good time to move forward now is a good time to move forward is the suggestion okay so you're stringing those together like that yeah that's pretty powerful stuff Mm -hmm. so it's a matter of i know this isn't a universal statement but it's a process of stacking different elements and different things together to create the overall environment through which you do this work yep i would say that's correct yeah and remember throughout this all you have to track your own state of mind what is the state of mind that you're carrying forward into this whole transaction because the transaction has to be done from the right place of consciousness transaction yes yes that's, uh, that's phonological ambiguity for yes. those who are just getting started with neurolinguistic programming. Yes. Am I saying trance, like T-R-A-N-C-E, action, meaning to take action while you're in trance? Or am I saying transaction, like you're handing money over in exchange you're getting some goods? Yeah. Which one is it? Yeah. By, by, by now, if you've had a basic study of this, you should be starting to get the idea. You saw what I did there? Buy yep. now? Buy now? Uh-huh. B-U-Y or B-Y? Yeah. Or even B-Y-E. I've never thought of that one before. Buy now because you're saying buy now. Right. I, I used to say when I had hard copy tapes and videos and such, uh, VHS, I'd say, as you walk by the table, <laughs> that was a really good one. As you walk by the table, I'm not sure just what it is you'll find yourself really wanting but as that's taking place please feel free to ask my assistant any of the questions who will assist you in making sure that this can be something you can easily quickly and naturally find yourself doing it walk by the table yeah i like as that. you walk by the table yes and that's really one of the secrets of subtle sales mastery that I've discovered through studying with you all these years, Paul, is it's these small things 
these little adjustments we can make. And a lot of it does come from the mind. I love how you have broken us out of the frame created by the phrase cold calling. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. I used to work in a sales type environment and we were, it seemed to me that the primary metric that determined whether or not we were doing any kind of good job at all was how much time we spent on outbound phone calls. I swear, they seemed less focused on whether or not we actually brought any money in or the value of those things. So after a while, I recognized that I didn't really have a long future at this place. And I had begun my job search because I wanted to move to the next level. But in the meantime, I wanted to get them off my back. So I figured out that if I called up my friends, it showed up as outbound time. And they started praising me because my phone time went up. Smart. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's one. I guess that's one way of looking at it. But I bring that up because I think when we are put into sales situations, we're governed by metrics like that, or, the, or, or folks attempt to govern us by metrics like that. Like, like uh, you worked here eight hours today. How much of that time was spent on outbound phone calls? Right. Well, are we looking at the and now number one, are we looking at the quality of those phone calls? We're we looking at what we're saying during those phone calls. We're we looking at who we're speaking with, and furthermore, if are we creating a negative sensation around the idea of being on the telephone. I'm in agreement with all of that. Yeah. So as we wrap up today here, and I know we're right near the top of the hour, uh, before we wrap up, uh, you know, you mentioned to me in the green room, you had something you wanted to share, uh, an opportunity, I believe it is, to get started with this. Uh, yep. We've discovered more about your, your subtle words of sell book, and I'd like you to tell us more about that right now and how they can get it. Well, there's two things you can do. You can always jump on Amazon and buy a copy, but I think a better idea is I have available not only a digital copy of the book, but I have a series of courses on building rapport, on building sales confidence, and some other goodies. There's three videos in it. So if you want to get a hold of those, it's easy. Just text the word SUBTLE, S-U-B-T-L-E, to the number 76626. That's the word SUBTLE to 76626. You'll immediately get a PDF copy of my book subtle words itself and the other route to, to go is to jump on amazon and grab it but why wait right i've i've texted that myself subtle to seven six six two six and it will send you a link to your cellular phone within a few seconds it shows you exactly how to download subtle words to sell and i'm telling you guys it's a fantastic book i've read it myself several times and i've it's one of those very rare books i've added to my annual rotation of books that I've been reading year after year, for some cases going back 20, 25 years at this point. It's one of the few that has been added to that rotation since it came out. I want to add in a brag on myself. A All right. Pat on my own back. So I have a client named Gareth Kerr. He's in London, England. Yep. And Gareth used something from the introduction to the book. He's doing uh, a round of raising venture capital for a startup. Yep. And originally what they were offering him was $2 million. He got them to bump it up to $4 million using just some things I put in the introduction of the book. So he put two additional, $2 million additional dollars into his startup. 
for a $15 investment. <laughs> now I'm saying to you guys, you can get that book for free. <laughs> and who, who knows what you'll be able to do with it. Yeah. I would encourage you all to uh, text Subtle to 76626 right now. So once again, Paul Ross, author of Subtle Words of Sell, creator of the Secrets of Subtle Sales Mastery System. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me, an education. Well, thank you and on behalf of Naughty Naughty Naked Jane <laughs> and my supervisor, Mrs. Pernilla Jones, here she yep. comes. I, I prayed at her and she's coming over to try to disconnect the call. Yeah. Uh, I want to say thank you once again for all of you out there who love cats. You understand exactly what this world is like. And if you don't understand and love cats, I'll see you in hell. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, no, I, but no, I will, no, but I will say this, our listeners, and we've had some people who've been following us for most of the six and a half years we've been on the air at this point. I've been aware that since the very beginning, Princess Alessandra and Princess Stella have been with me. They were kittens at the time that we began the Business Creators Radio Show, and they've been with us ever since. So it's, things like this happen where we have these hijinks every once in a while. We've had a case or two where one of the cats jumped on my keyboard and disconnected, and I was like, oh, goodness gracious. But it's just one of those things, and what we love about our audience is we are real people in real situations in real time. And that's part of the reason we had you on here today is Thank to help you. people yeah, is to help people get more out of being able to use what's really going on in their life and make some subtle changes and achieve their subtle sales mastery by doing so. Thank you. I really appreciate having been here. It's been an honor. You bet. So we trust that everybody, everybody who's listening today has enjoyed today's episodes of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care. <laughs>